When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to Travis. I'm ready for some speed, everybody, and so are the Eagles, right? The Philadelphia Eagles had a need this season, and it's a need for speed. But before we get into that, fifth-year options, right? They've been released. They've been announced. Not released. Hopefully, you know, these players have been released. Yes, 32 players, right, drafted in the 2017 NFL Draft. They, uh, If you were drafted in the first round, if you don't know, if you're watching this, why don't you know? But... Hey, that's why we hang out and do this shit, right? So anyway, the 2017 NFL Draft first-round picks, right? They they uh, they get a fifth-year option. We all know this. Uh, this is the last year that they're not going to be fully guaranteed, right? It doesn't kick into effect for uh, this draft. I don't know if it doesn't kick into effect for the 2018 draft either. I am not entirely sure. Uh, I believe it's 2018 forward. I'm going to do a CBA episode Next week, it's going to be a crossover with my new podcast called Punk Law 101 because I am an attorney at law, so check it out. Uh, you can follow the podcast, that one, at Punk Law 101. Very easy to remember. You can follow this podcast at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram, and you can follow me at Brojo Death Punch, B-R-O-J-O, death is in the end of life, punch, that delicious drink you drink at parties or sometimes barbecues or cookouts. Anyway. So we got 32 players, right, uh, drafted in the first round of the 2017 NFL draft, I do believe. Yes, there was. that wasn't the year that the, the, uh, the Patriots were missing a pick, right? So uh, 32 players drafted. 17 of them had their fifth-year option to exercised. Wow, that's kind of like a weird hit rate, right? It's only just above 50%. Only one in the top five were exercised. Yes, and I'm going to go over the list right now. It's going to be relatively quick, and then we'll get right to the Eagles, right? Eagles get their own episode. How dope is that? I feel like the Eagles need their own episode. That's what I felt like, okay? Eagles fans, be happy. I like you guys. I like you. I didn't, I used to not like you. I love you now. I, I actually I, I respect Howie Roseman and the Eagles So um, and his kingdom. So, again, Miles Garrett, right, number one overall pick. His figure option was exercise, even after he hit uh, Rudolph in the head with his reindeer. Uh, yes, dude, it was great, man. Uh, I'm, I, what am I talking about? It's great. It's great. He it, finally the Browns get a fifth fifth year option on a pick, and in fact, all three of the first round picks drafted by the Browns in this draft, fifth year options. Yep, all of them. Two of them are on their own team, right? The David and Joku. We'll get to him later. Tight end, and then also uh, Miles Garrett. Now you're gonna notice with the top five picks, the rest of them did not get their fifth year option exercise. I'm gonna go into why, because there's a bit of a money issue with that, right? So uh, Miles Garrett, fifth-year option exercise. This guy's been a beast since he's come in. He's, you know, he's just never hit the peak level because he's had, you know, injury issues. He was the only guy on the defensive line the one year, and then this year it was well, he nearly took Kyle. Uh, he he nearly took Rudolph out to the. the sh okay, well we'll get past that. Uh, it was a it was a horrible situation. We need to rehash. Anyway, so we got uh, number two overall pick, right? Traded up for right by the Chicago Bears. Just did their episode last week. Go check it out. Uh, uh, Mitch Trubisky, right? His fifth-year option was declined, as one of my friends would go. And, uh, yeah, so he was declined. And as far as that goes, I, it's kind of a glaring statement on how they feel about the player, right? Because his fifth-year option would have been about $25 million, which is still really high, right? That's still a, a really high number. I thought it was going to be 22, and then recent numbers came out saying it would be 25. It, it also... Uh, it, when you're up that high, it's based off of uh, an average of all the contracts of for your position. So, 
uh, for Trubisky, it was going to be really pricey. And I think I do believe it's actually at the top five for your position. So, or top 10. Either way, it's, uh, I have to look that up. Uh, so, and then after this year, it's going to start being different. There's going to be escalators involved, how many Pro Bowls you've made, all pros, things like that. So, Trubisky, we've kind of seen his, his play has been kind of hit or miss. And I feel like the Bears are trying to avoid getting Blake Bortles, if you will, where they, they do the fifth-year option, he gets injured next year, and then... You know, because it's guaranteed for injury only as of this last year, then you have a bigger problem, right? It's going to be like, shoot, you know, now we get stuck with this guy. This happened with the Jaguars and Bortles, I believe, and a couple of other players. So what does that mean? They, they say, you know what, if he does hit, he ends up being a good player. We could always franchise tag him and figure it out later. It, it, but it does sell you a little bit of like, oh, what's their worry with this guy, right? Um, they also trade for Nick Foles. They trade for his contract. It was a big money contract. It was not a cheap contract. Uh, they did restructure it a little bit when they traded for him. Either way, it's kind of showing a little bit of you know problems with Mitch Trubisky as far as the uh, the coaching and the establishment's uh, uh, grading of him in house, if you will. So we go past that, right? We, we don't need to have a rehash Mitch Trubisky. So we'll go on to Solomon Thomas, uh, defensive end for the 49ers. He uh, he just hasn't performed. He's been on a good D line, but he's really been his position. He was kind of like that positionist player, right? The guy who can't like you don't. He's a tweener, and the system that the Niners run now is not does not value his skill set, right? He's kind of more of a three technique, which is that would they would value his skill set. The only problem is is they just have better defensive tackles to rush from there as well as when he plays on the outside as DN, people were looking at him as like a Michael Bennett type, right? Can play on the outside on early downs and, and push inside at three-tech when you're, you know, on the, the rush downs. Like Michael Bennett, Michael Bennett was the first big one I remember doing it. There's a bunch of them who've done it since then. They do it with Miles Garrett. They do it with a couple of other t uh, defensive ends now. It's become the popular rush package, if you will. The NASCAR package, uh, which we'll talk about the NASCAR team later. So uh, Solomon Thomas declined. Leonard Fournette, running back. Well, you took a running back uh, top five. His was declined. Uh, Corey Davis, wide receiver. This was a guy everybody was high on, including me. I'm still, I I honestly think he'll hit, he's going to be the Devontae Parker of this kind of a class. The only difference between him and Devontae Parker was Devontae Parker was later in the first round. So the expense on keeping that player is going to be a lot more. Sad, I know. Uh, I do I, I do like Corey Davis. I think he will continue in his career. But, again, this is their way of saying, listen, we just don't want to pay a $15 million to be on our roster, right? You're going to hear it later on when the, when the prices get cheaper, the, some of the teams are more willing to take the risk, take the bait, if you will. So Corey Davis declined. Jamal Adams, the Jets, like the Jets' best defensive player, the Jets' the, the Jets' best player for the last, you know, five years. All my Jets' friends Love Jamal Adams. We're going to talk about Jamal Adams on the Jets uh, draft show, which should happen this week. I've got to find out if any of my Jets friends want to pop on for that one. Uh, then we have Mike Williams with the Chargers. Exercise. I love Mike Williams, right? There was a guy in this draft that reminded me a lot of Mike Williams. His name was Michael Pittman. Both those guys, man, just giant dudes among men. They are they're monsters, and they're good at it. They're good at I, I like Mike Williams, man. And there were people who, didn't, who thought he was going to be a bust after his first year. Uh, some ma major famous fantasy people, and I disagreed. And I think he's been – I'm still shocked he was the better as as far as contract-wise where 
You look at the other two guys that went up there with him because we're going to get to another receiver. He's the one that stayed on his team. He's the one that they were. We are confident in what he brings to the table. Anyway, exercise. Christian McCaffrey, not only is his exercise, but it's also because he had an extension anyway. So what happens is you'll, you'll see this as well, is that you know when you're doing the extensions, they will exercise the option anyway because it gives them cap relief. So it's kind of it, it gives them a, it's a cap saving measure, if you will. You heard this year it happened with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz already signed an extension last year, but they are still keeping and activating his fifth year option for cap purposes. It you know it's uh, so let's go to you know John Ross right declined, fast guy, uh, on the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. And he just has not been healthy. He he broke the combine record for uh, for the the forty yard dash. They declined him because again, this guy's a not been healthy, could not get on the field initially. Uh, the initial coaching staff did not care much for him. He's now shown a bit like we saw a lot from him last year when it was him and Andy Dalton. We saw quite a bit out in the first like four games where it was like, oh, wow, this might be the year John Ross comes on. Maybe Zach Taylor knows what he's doing. And then John Ross gets injured. Andy Dalton gets benched. It was a, it was a bit of a mess from there on out. Uh, after John Ross, Patrick Mahomes clearly exercised. He's the Super Bowl champion, if you will. So I don't need to go into why they did that. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore, cornerback for the Saints, exercise. Deshaun Watson, exercise. Do you really need me to go into those three guys? Marshawn, Latt Marshawn Lattimore has been great, a shutdown corner, great since he came into the league. as a hard thing to do. We'll talk. Uh, you'll hear me say this when you draft a corner in the first round. You know, it's uh, there's like a few of those guys that are true shutdown, great guys. Those are the elite blue chip corners on your board. And it was Jalen Ramsey, Marshawn Lattimore, and this year people talked about Akuda like that. So, uh Hassan Reddick, uh, linebacker on the Cardinals, was there when Bruce Arians was there. Uh, Temple, uh, Temple player. Uh, well, here's the weird thing with him, right? He was really more of an edge rusher, who used to be a corner when he went when he first got to the Temple. He was initially a corner. Then they had him line up at edge rusher a lot of the time. And then during that off season, a lot of people were like, "Well, can he play linebacker? Because like he's too small to be an edge rusher, and he's not nimble enough to really truly be a defensive back." And it was an expectation that he was going to have to learn that position. And the problem is that, you know, A, between the turnover, multiple coaching staffs since Bruce Arians has been gone, um, you know, again, you're talking about a, a shift in positions. You know, sometimes we'll now talk about positionless players versus guys who don't have a true – like don't have a single position. Those are the two – you know, he's one of those guys who really didn't have a true position coming out. So they stuck him at linebacker thinking like, hey – He's got the uh, he's got the athleticism of a defensive back. He's got the the, the power and pass rush skills of a edge rusher. This guy's got to be a great linebacker. I think he can still be a good linebacker. It just sometimes takes development. So he's not he's not staying there. I don't think. I think they might look to trade him. Uh, Derek Barnett of the Eagles. His was exercised. Liked him coming out. Like both those guys coming out. I think it just depends on how you were utilizing them. So uh, Malik Hooker. This was the big one, right? This was the one that could have went either way. His was declined. Um, part of it's because of injury. 
part of it's because, you know, you haven't really seen what you were expecting when you were looking to draft Malik Hooker. Again, free safety. He was like that. You know, people were comparing him to Eric Berry, Eric Reed. Like, they were talking, they were comparing him to a lot of really good players that had already come before him. So, when, you know, you're talking about the true single high free safety like Earl Thomas, and it's like, listen, man, didn't work out. And people knew about his injuries coming out, too. So, it wasn't, this was not a shocker. Um, but also, you know, you truly have to also look at play. Uh, his was a little bit more of a 50-50 shot because he has been good. Some, he's been pretty good. But, it, again, it was – we were talking before about being guaranteed for injury. This guy's been injured all the time. And if you really believe in him next year, you could transition tag him. You could franchise tag him. You could have other options. But this is also where the tags get a little bit cheaper, right? Uh, next on the list is Marlon Humphrey, cornerback of the Ravens. We'll do the Ravens episode tomorrow. And yes, I do think the I do think he's been very good. He's an elite shutdown corner. Uh, then you get Jonathan Allen, defensive end of the Redskins. Uh, his was exercised. Adoree Jackson's was exercised. O.J. Howard was exercised. Garrett Bowles was not, because he's been a very naughty tackle, getting all the flags. Loves to hold. Loves the whole love will hold you nice and dear, if you will. So he's had that issue. Uh, the coaching staff uh, has made jokes and comments about him. Uh, I believe to the extent of he thinks he's better than he is as far as playing. He's got a lot of confidence for a guy who hasn't played very well. Is kind of what I believe was like close to one of the quotes. You might have to call my cousin Ricky. He's the Denver Broncos fan. We'll get him back on here to talk about bowls and the Denver Broncos. Uh, Jared Davis. By the way, this comes out on Ricky's birthday. So wish him a happy birthday if you know him. Uh, yes, uh, Jared Davis, linebacker of the Lions. His was declined. That was a shocker. I'm going to tell you. I thought that the Lions had a, uh, uh, like, really believed in him as a linebacker for their linebacking core. I believe that he was actually, even though Patricia was not there, uh, Quinn was. Bob Quinn was there. I thought, you know what, they looked at him and they went, this guy's going to be good. He's going to be perfect for Patricia's scheme. We're going to get this other, you know, coach that's here right out, you know, eventually. Because that was the plan, I feel like. When Quinn came in, when Bob Quinn came in, his plan was always to get Matt Patricia there. It didn't matter if Caldwell did really well. That's the unfortunate, I, I, a really unfortunate part about that uh, whole situation. So, uh, Garrett Bowles declined. Jared Davis declined. Uh, Charles Harris was not just declined, but then he was traded to the Falcons as well. So, uh, and by the way, Charles Harris was drafted by Miami, and that all happened literally in the last few days. Uh, Evan Ingram on the Giants, his was exercised. Great tight end, very athletic, still has a very high ceiling. He is a good part of that offense. I, I like uh, Evan Ingram. Gary and Conley on the Houston Texans, originally drafted by the Raiders, traded for a third-round pick. His was declined. Jabril Peppers traded in the Odell Beckham trade, safety from the Browns, guy from New Jersey, now moves back to New Jersey, plays for the Giants. His was exercised as the other guy in the draft that the Browns drafted that year. See, Browns aren't that bad at drafting. Yeah, uh, safety, high, uh, safety linebacker hybrid, um, Greg Williams decided to play him at free safety for a good portion of his first year, and that did not work out very well. Um, I love Jabril, man, and he's really good at covering running backs out of the backfield and tight ends. I like Jabril, man. I, I actually think he's a, an amazing safety. Uh, one day I hope he'll come back to, to Cleveland. If not, I actually love the fact that he's in New Jersey. He's from New Jersey, and uh, good on him, man. Uh, well, he's in New York, but they play in New Jersey. So good on him coming back home. Tack McKinley's was declined. That was one of the earliest ones we found out about. They announced that almost. Like, that was really out there. 
So uh, that was a little bit of a shocker. I'm not going to lie, but I guess they truly don't believe that he's going to have the ability that they that, that they want from him, and eventually he'll walk away and he'll go to another team and they'll hopefully re recoup a comp pick maybe if he signs a big deal. Trey White, right? Cornerback after my heart for the Bills. His was exercised, and I think they'll extend him. Uh, Taco Charlton, I'm not even sure he's on a team right now. Oh, no, he is. He just got signed by the Kansas City uh, Chiefs, right? He was on the Dolphins. He was drafted by the D uh, Dallas Cowboys. So he's been on He's on his third team. He just signed a one-year deal. Clearly, his is not getting exercised. Uh, David Njoku, mentioned him before for the Browns, exercise, right? His deal is, you know, his options, this is what we're talking about, the difference in the options where the guys at the top are like, 15, 20, 25 million almost. I mean, not 25, but 15, 20 million. Now you're talking about a guy whose fifth year option is 6 million, right? So, wow, we're getting in the cheap end of the, the first round uh, pick spectrum. That's kind of a good thing, man. That's a that's where the value is on the fifth year options, I believe, is that it's the late first rounders. Now, the problem is the hit rate on the late first rounders is not as high. But I believe that makes, that makes up for it a little bit because if you look, the top, like you said before, for the top five, were declined uh when you look at the 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 last bit right from here on out Injoku exercise tj watt exercise reuben foster declined we are going to get into that a little bit and then ryan ramchak exercise great left a great right tackle for the saints exercise tj watt pass rusher for the steelers exercise and reuben foster was declined so why was Ruben Foster's decline? Clearly, this guy's had so many injury issues. But I actually do think it's a little bit of a shocker still because, again, we're talking about, you know, he's been a high-end linebacker for other teams pretty much because he, well, he was drafted by the 49ers, had a little bit of a, an off-field incident that ended up getting cleared up. And then he was released, though, because he had had multiple weird off-field, quasi-weird incidences. And then he gets released, gets he gets waived because he was, you know, he was a, still a, a draft pick, so he's waived. He gets picked up by the Washington team. They keep him on, but unfortunately, he's barely ever even played for him because he was either he was either ineligible ineligible to play because of the weird off the field thing that was going on, or uh, injured because he tore his ACL last year, I believe. So he's and he's always been kind of injury prone. Um, He's kind of, he's dealt with a lot of injuries. Linebackers deal with injuries. That's a, that's a horrible thing about the playing football and the position. It is so again, seventeen uh, fifth year options exercised. Uh, one of them was barely on a team when he when this all went down. So, uh, just to kind of give you the rundown on it, that's it. Uh, now we're gonna move on to the Eagles, everybody. I actually liked the Eagles draft, right? I and there was a theme here, right? It was need for speed. I dig it, right? We'll go first-round pick. Jalen Rager at TCU, one of my favorites. My fourth overall receiver, guys. So I like that. I know a lot of people want Justin Jefferson. Well, here's a fact for you, right? Justin Jefferson never handled the press very well. He's a fact, right? He's strictly a slot receiver. And he honestly reminds me a lot of Adam Thielen and, to an extent, Nelson Aguilar, right? Now, it didn't have the drops of Aguilar, right? But he was very much uh, an inside slot receiver only, Decent hands, but you know, and can get vertical. But those are kind of the same like things that you saw coming with Nelson Aguilar. So they need an they need a guy who's a little bit more versatile and uh, can get a little bit of run after the catch, right? A little bit of speed, a little bit of pull away. That's why they went for Jalen Rager, man. This guy's tough. This guy has some speed to him, even though he didn't run well at the forty, right? He uh, 
He ran bad. He ran. He ran a four four seven. That's really good, right? That's. But they weren't expecting that. The expectations were high. It was like he's going to run a four two two or four three two. Or there were rumors he was going to run faster than Rugs, and then he didn't because he kind of bulked up. So uh, there's been some questions with him. Is he a good route runner? Uh, I know some uh, some people on the interwebs and some people even I've had on this show question his route running ability, his ability to get off a of press. I'll tell you this much: watch the Ohio State game. Got off press really well in that game, so I dig it. I like Jalen Rager. I think he is a tough run after catch guy. You can play him inside, you can play him outside. I think he's got a lot of versatility. He is going to pummel guys. He's also good at getting up and getting the ball. He catches away from his frame. A lot of them, lots been made about his drops, right? Oh, he dropped the ball. Yeah, you know what? The guy was throwing off target. You know, if you're throwing the ball six feet over my head and I got to go up and get it and I it hits off my hands, guess what? That ain't my fault that I had a leap 10 feet in the air and I barely got a hand on it. Plus, I got DBs draped all over me. Nah, nah, man, nah. I like Jalen Rager. He is my guy. So, um, and honestly, when I – I don't even think that this was one that, like, I, I was more shocked that people were shocked by it. So, let's move on. I like Jalen Rager. Uh, I actually was supposed to do this episode with an Eagles fan. I recorded the episode. This this uh, this great Eagles fan named Kobe Rich. Right? He's going to be on again. He's going to cover two other teams with me or one other team, whatever he wants to do. Uh, and he had great he had great information. He was good at it. And I screwed up. Uh, there was an issue on my end. The audio didn't record on his. I was using a software that I've only recently come to know. So I apologize to Kobe. Uh, I honestly think your team's going to be amazing, though, man, because here's the deal, right? So round two, the pick that everybody freaked out about, and I agree, man. I, I do. We have live footage of me freaking out over it, right? Day two, round two, what happens? They drive Jalen Hurts, right, quarterback out of Oklahoma. Uh, and I watched the interviews with Howie, Ro uh, Howie Roseman. Uh, you know, he spoke to Carson before the pick. He said, listen, this is going to be no threat to you. Uh, he, he explained his reasoning. He goes, listen, I will get you all the weapons in the world. And they did. Yet yeah, that they did. They, and I'll explain that in a little bit. But uh, he says no team, you know, him and then Andy Weidel, uh, the VP of personnel, said no team knows the value of an insurance policy at quarterback more than we do, right? Because they had Nick Foles. Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. Uh, Nick Foles is all, you know, again, Carson Wentz has made it to the, has gotten them pretty much to the playoffs and been injured three years in a row. Uh, either in the game against Seattle where he was spiked into the ground and got a concussion or, you know, the, the year he had the back injury or the year he had the ACL. You know, it's sometimes a style of play. Sometimes it's just that's the way the cookie crumbles with Carson Wentz. We saw this with other players early on in their career. He also takes a lot of hits. He's, you know, he is a big, strong, tall pocket passer. Uh, he's good. He's mobile, and he will run with the ball, but that's not really how – it's not really how the last two injuries really happened. I guess actually he was kind of trying to run away. Uh, let's not get too into it. Uh, so yeah, he's he's athletic. He's he's mobile. So what happens? They go ahead. They get him a backup, right? Jalen Hurts, athletic and mobile, right? They're sent. You know, they they make rumors to the hey, listen, we got Taysom Hill, right? Uh, we don't have Taysom Hill, but we've heard of that Taysom Hill guy. Maybe we'll use him a little bit like that. We get value out of quarterback. And I kind of looked at it. And you look at the contracts that they paid their backups over the years, right? to have a high-end backup. Josh McCowan last year was only $2 million. He's not coming back. He tore his calf. He literally tore his whole leg up, and he and he limped through that whole game. He played one game, and he destroyed his freaking calf. And I love McCowan, but he got injured. It, like, 
he was 47, 8, 9, whatever. He's a billion years old. He's an old dude. He, he, he's really going to, he's going to be a coach one day. Anyway, so, you know, they, they said the combine interview blew him away. The, they were looking for ways to integrate him in. Uh, you know, the, the, the combine was helpful, the full process, the scouts. He just blew them away. This was, this was a can't-miss pick for them. They said, listen, we, we believe this guy is like the next Russell Wilson, and there is a value to us getting him and not letting somebody else get him. And I get that idea, right? If you go, listen, I have Andrew Luck, but I can also get Russell Wilson in the second round and we can maybe turn him into something or we can turn him into a trade asset. Imagine, okay, maybe there's maybe they don't get the full second rounder back. They probably can. They actually might be able to. Remember, Jimmy Garoppolo went for a second rounder. So if there's a real belief in the league that this guy really can develop and Carson Wentz gets injured sometime in the next four years or there's a reason why Carson Wentz can't play or what's the, what's the worst case scenario? Carson Wentz retires early from injury. Like, that's a possibility, folks. There's a lot of things that can come down the pike. So here you get a guy who's on a four-year, $6 million contract. You're paying him $1.1 million this year. I think there is a value to this player that kind of gets over, that gets understated, right? He's going to be on a cheap deal. He's a high-end backup. They can utilize him in the offense because he's athletic. Uh, he ran a 4.59, 40. He... You know, people were talking about maybe asking him to move positions. He's smart. There is a value to this. And there was also, uh, you know, they have Marty Morningwig, who was on as a, uh, if you don't know, he was also with uh, the Ravens who, uh, when they had uh, Lamar Jackson his first year. So they had discussed some stuff with him. He's on as an offensive consultant. So they're like, listen, like, you know, what you guys do down there? Can we utilize him for up here? So they've, they've talked to people. They've done the research on it. I understand. I listen, I was freaked out too. Now, it's not the move I would have necessarily done, but there is a value to not having all your eggs in one basket, especially when you're a team that's very um, very high caliber players almost at every other position, right? I heard, I think Max Kellerman, I actually, in the original video, I didn't even talk about this, but Max Kellerman was complaining. He's like, yo, what, they could have gotten a receiver. And I'm like, they got a receiver in the first round, and wait till you see the third, day three of this draft, they get receivers for Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. It's great. So let's move beyond that, right? Third-round pick, they go for Davion Taylor. He's fast, athletic. He's very raw, very raw. But I, I, I dig the idea. I dig the move. Right, they uh, they're going for speed at linebacker. They want uh, they they went for somebody who's fast, explosive, you know, vision who you know could be used. They have a vision for how he's going to be using the defense. He's only six feet tall, but he ran a four four nine forty and an, a sub seven three cone. Those are some really good athletic traits. I dig it. Those are that is some that 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 is a, some proof that it's like, hey, this guy could be really good if he develops. This is a high end player on our defense. So I dig it. It was a good move on their end. Um, and like I said before, I, I get people freaking out about the Jalen Hurts pick. I can totally get the concept of, hey, listen, we need a corner, right? Yeah, you get Darius Slay and you got Nickel Rolby Coleman, but you don't have somebody you know, locking down the other side. So I'll get into my, my point of view on that in a second. But fourth round, right? They go ahead. They draft Kevon Wallace out of Clemson, right? Uh, you know, they like his athleticism, physicality. He might actually convert to safety in their uh, defense. But, again, you're talking about, again, they're going for – they are fixing a little bit of the defense. High-motor guy, 
very good tackler. They're going to utilize this guy more as a – maybe he'll be a slot corner eventually after Nickel Roby Coleman leaves. Uh, maybe he could play on the outside opposite Darius Slay. They, now they have a competition for that other corner spot, right, Kevon Wallace, though I think he's going to switch to safety, uh, maybe strong safety or maybe a, you know if you're playing a three-safety set. I think there's a value to what he can do. Um, you know, now you have Darius Slay, Nickel Roby Coleman, and then you have three or four guys fighting it out for the, the last spot, which could be anywhere between Sidney Jones, Jalen Mills, who's on your roster, and, uh, you know, Kevon Wallace if they want to line him up at corner. Or, again, free agency's not over, folks. There's other players out there. There's trades. There's other, there's picks. There's, you know, there's other opportunities that can come through the door, right? Um, you know, there's a couple of guys. Tremaine Brock is out there. He's a corner. He played really well for the Titans when he played outside. Actually played better outside than he did in the slot. So, again, uh, Mo Claiborne's out there. You can probably find a guy for a decent deal, you know, that can – play as a spot starter when you need him. So, again, Kevon Wallace is a good pickup, you know, a good athletic guy, uh, physical, good deal. Uh, then they go for Jack Driscoll, John Hightower, uh, you know, uh, Sean Bradley, Quez Watkins. So, okay, Jack Driscoll's a tackle out of Auburn. Uh, John Hightower, wide receiver out of Boise State. Sean Bradley out of Texas. Quintet, Quez Watkins out of Southern Miss, uh, Mississippi. And Prince Tago Inogo. Out of uh, Auburn again, they went double up on Auburn, and they went uh, Casey Tuhill an edge out of Stanford in round seven. So, what do all these players kind of amount to, right? Um, well, first off, when you look at John Hightower, right, ran a four three, four four three. Quez Watkins ran a four three five. Jalen Rager was rumored to be on the the four three territory, ran a four four seven, and ran it with some injury that he had had. That he had, I think he had a core uh, issue when he ran at the Combine. So uh, you have Deshaun Jackson still on your roster. Oh, I forgot. They traded for Marquise Goodwin. They And they just pick-swapped for him. For a $5 million contract, get Marquise Goodwin. They might even keep Deshaun Jackson at this point. They might trade him or cut him. They have a lot of speed on that roster. Like I said before, there is a there is a thing in this. Uh, there's, a, there's a theme. And even from the, the interviews, there was a theme, right? Um, you know, uh, there was they wanted to get faster on all levels, right? The linebacker that they drafted faster, right? Uh, they also looked at health, right? They saw that they were going into the playoffs with injured players. You know, uh, Jason Peters and uh, and Lane Johnson have been injured over the years. The you know, uh, Jason Kelsey, he's kind of getting a little bit older. You know, he might you know retire soon. So you're you're losing a lot on these players, right? So they wanted to get faster. They they wanted faster defensively. They also wanted faster on the football. They also wanted to be good players. So they had a, a lot of picks intact with the, you know the, when they got out of the day two day right that was the day they drafted Jalen Hurts everybody's looking at him like they have six heads you know the media had been rumoring them to Jalen uh, Justin Jefferson for you know forever and then all of a sudden they take Jalen Rager and Ceedee Lamb became like within a reach of theirs and they, you know so there's a lot of headache coming in but they're like listen we're going into day three we're gonna go hot right we're gonna be good and you know like I said they went into this off season after the Seahawks game and say can he run. Can he is he healthy? Can he play? And that that was their mentality coming into this. Really, they focused on the healthy and fast part. When they when it comes to does he love the can he play and does he love the game? Uh, this also what you got from this, right? I was watching a lot of the interviews, and this is what I do for every single one is I watch the interviews with the coaches and the uh, and the GMs. And for this situation, they brought up that they spent a lot more time talking to coaches, getting to know 
the people around them, the reputation. And they also talked about positionless players, emphasis on that in the draft. Like, again, we were talking about Watkins. We are talking about, uh, you know, guys like Jalen Hurts, right? Like, kind of can be like the, the Taysom Hill kind of guy. Uh, Jalen Rager can be a slot uh, receiver, can kind of run out of the backfield, uh, good run after catch guy. They, they were focusing on getting faster and getting positionless, kind of. So uh, they also keep in mind this offseason traded for uh, Darius Slay. So that acts as one of the pieces that were added in this offseason. Now, I don't consider that part of their draft class, but it is part of what they, the moves that they've made. So Darius Slay traded a third and a fifth for him. They also had. They also went went to this draft with the intention of walking out with ten players. They had a desire to add and churn this roster, right? So, like I said before, they drafted they drafted two tackles from uh, from Auburn, right? Jack Driscoll, Prince Tagawanogo. Tagawanogo fell because of injury. Uh, Jack Driscoll. Uh, they took in the fourth round, and a lot of teams are looking at him as like a guard, can probably play anywhere along the line of scrimmage. He's going to be because remember they lost Big V, they lost Vita Halapulevate uh, Vaitai, the guy whose name sounds like it's a goddamn song for a Christmas album. So uh, yeah, they they lost him, they lost Jason Peters, so they needed to build up depth, right? Like they have Dillard there, they have Lane Johnson, but they need depth at tackle, so they went double up towards the day three portion of it. Uh, Prince Tago, I actually like Tago's tape. I got to tell you, man, I watched this tape pretty dang well. Uh, I think he's better than Jack Driscoll at tackle. I think Jack Driscoll's probably his versatility is what made them like him a bit. Maybe play him at center or guard. Um, and like I said before, uh, Tago fell because of injury. Tago's also not a high-end player, right? He's going to be a good – I think he's going to be like that Deion Dawkins level tackle. Like that's his ceiling is Deion Dawkins from the Bills. So – you ever watched any of his tape? I don't know why if you're an Eagles fan, but if you have, that's kind of what you're looking at. Um, they they uh, talked about trading with the Cowboys. They trade back, picked up picks because again, and they made a point about this, right? They said, "Listen, hey, we wanted more players," and they made a big deal about it. And when they traded back with the Cowboys, literally the guy that they would have taken at that pick when they traded back, they still got him in the later round, and they added a pick. Worked so great for him. They felt like they got value in both of those trades. Um, you know, they felt passionate about Watkins and Hightower. They felt like those were good additions. They uh, they like Tago and Driscoll because they have high they're high power guys who who you know they ha they but they went into the playoffs and guys got injured. Uh, they mentioned injuries as a lot of you know the issues so far. And one of the things that they came out of the Seahawks loss was you know can he run. Uh, is he healthy? Can he play? Does he love to play? Right? And that's the Eagles mentality. Does he love to play? They like that in their players no matter what. That was even before this year was do, do they love to play. Uh, so, again, we got to talk a little bit about – now we're, we're, we're through the draft class, right? I like it, man. It was a need for speed draft class, right? They went – they went. Uh, they, they wanted to get fast. They got fast. Marquise Goodwin, track star. They went and got Jalen Rager, and they got uh, – uh, Quez Watkins, who was running in the four threes, so they got a lot of these fast guys. Uh, they built up depth at offensive line. They got a couple. They got a fast linebacker, and they got another linebacker as well. So they went hardcore at certain positions. They still have twenty six million dollars in salary cap uh, after free agency. After all, now now the, um, the when you sign your picks, some of that's going to go down. But they have some money. They have a little bit of money that they might try to roll over. They might play around with. This is why I'm. I was suggesting maybe they're. 
they're waiting for one of the later free agent guys to kind of come along and be like, listen, can I get like a $5 million deal? And they'll be like, yeah, sure, come on. So they got a little bit of money to play with. That's what the Eagles probably went into this thinking. Listen, you know what? We could fix the other cornerback position. There's a lot of guys in the market right now. I said it before, Mo Claiborne, Jermaine Brock. Um, they're not really looking for a slot corner, but Darkus Denard. Nickel Roby Coleman was actually a relatively cheap deal. Um, you know, and, and they, they lost some guys. They lost Timmy Jernigan. But what they do? They signed Javon Hargrave, right? Good dude. Really tough player. I like him. Uh, like I said before, they signed Nickel Roby Coleman, right? They lost a couple of players, right? Mentioned it during this whole thing. They lost Jason Peters. They lost Ronald Darby. Now, Sanagalor is now, I think, on the Raiders somewhere. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins got released. And Halapulevatai Vaitai went to the Detroit Lions. So, who'd they get in free agency? They signed Will Parks. They signed Jatavius Brown. A couple of guys to kind of help out the linebacking and safety core. Uh, Nickel Roby Coleman, mentioned already before, one year, $1.35 million deal. The big deal that they had in free agency was Javon Hargrave, who's going to go ahead and help bolster their defensive line, which is already a really good defensive line. But they like that's kind of what, the, the, what they value on defense, is deep, uh, defensive line. This is a team that believes in pass rush, the trenches, fighting that way. And I don't hate it. They also re-signed Rodney McLeod and Jalen Mills. Mills, they had talked about maybe moving him to safety. But again, can play outside corner, got burned a couple of times, but has a, you know can, it can be a spot starter at corner as well. So I like this team. I'm gonna tell you, I like what they're going in with. I think they're the I think they're the leaders in the doghouse. Everybody, I think that's the the truth. I think it is. It, it's the Eagles, then the Cowboys, then the Giants, then the Washington team. And the reason why I believe that is, you guys were already in the playoffs last year, right? And your defense didn't get worse. Uh, your offense clearly got better. The only thing that you have to really question is whether Jason Peters may or may not come back still, and you have a little bit of extra cash to throw around. Uh, you got Darius Slay. That'll help shut down one side of a field. You got Nickel Roby Coleman. That'll help, you know, clear up the, you know, the inside. And then you just got to figure out that last bit. You know, your D-line is thick. It's good. Your offensive line is good. You know, maybe you're hoping Andre Dillard plays really well. Maybe he might be the one question mark, but he played pretty decent last year. Um... And when you look at the receiving core, the main question is whether Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson are even here. I know Alshon's contract is a little bit worrisome, but outside of that, I like this team. I really like this team, and I actually think the draft was not bad. Now, I know that's the, the Eagles fans kind of will go, you know, it's bad, and it's it's not bad. It's actually very good. You guys got a lot of good players. Maybe, I, you know, you don't want me uh, ruining it for you. I think, you know, Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, I, uh, you know, maybe the the left guard spot's the big question mark, but you know, again, you, that's why you, you you go ahead and you draft guys, you you sign some free agency, you have uh, UDFA's. Um, you guys have two great tight ends in Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. You got Miles Sanders, right? Ran a four four nine. He's got a good little uh, scoot to his goot, if you will. Boston Scott played well last year. He's got a little bit of scoot to him as well. I like this team. Defensive line, dude. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Derek Barnett. Then you look at their second, their second team. Josh Sweat and okay, Josh Sweat, Malik Jackson, and Gennard Avery. I like those guys. I watched Gennard Avery play. I don't know, I don't know how he fits in, but I like the player. Um, yeah, the the big question mark right now is linebacker, where they have Nate Gary and Jatavius Brown and Alex Singleton. But you play a lot. It, you're starting to see the value of linebacker go down. You're only playing usually nickel 
a lot of the time. You're playing some kind of form of nickel and dime. So you're only playing, you know, a lot of teams are moving to a 4-2-3 anyway. So, uh, yeah, linebacker's a little worrisome, but it's not really the biggest worry in the world. And then you look at your corner depth chart, and I got to tell you, I kind of like some of your corners. I was a fan of Sidney Jones. I get he hasn't played to the, the best of his ability. Um, but you got Jalen Mills, Will Parks, Kevon Wallace, and Rudy Ford trying to break it out of safety on one end. You got Rodney McLeod and Marcus Epps trying to, you know, who were going to hold down the free safety spots. And then you got Sidney Jones, Nickel Roby Coleman. Avante Maddox is still there. I didn't even know he was still in the league. You still have Rizal Douglas, who they were rumored to be trading. And, of course, you got Darius Slay. So what does this all mean? It means I actually kind of like you guys. The Eagles actually have a good team. Don't complain. I think you guys are the the, the dog the, the lead dogs in that division. The Cowboys aren't going to be that good. I know that everybody's bragging about the Cowboys draft. Don't get too caught up in it. Right, yeah, they drafted CeeDee Lamb. Well, anybody could have done that if they fell them at 17, except for 16 teams. But still, like, all those teams have, have their own needs and worries and issues. And then you go ahead and you you know, you know look at, well, what about Dallas? Dallas had some good second. Well, here's the thing. Dallas's secondary is not that good right now. Trevon Diggs is not going to play right away and be an all-star. He might develop into something good. Jadobia Woozie is decent. Jordan Luce is okay. Um, their pass rush is kind of questionable as well, right? They kind of got, you know, while they went best player available, they didn't clear up all their problems. So you have a team with clear question marks, right? Dallas that has question marks in the offensive line. The defensive line with literally one pass rusher that's really good, two guys that are question marks who might not even play in Alden Smith and uh, Randy Gregory. You got McCoy and Dontari Poe who are good D tackles. You know they drafted D tackles as well. They got a couple of guys uh, in the D tackle department. Tyron Smith as well. Uh, Tyron Crawford, uh, Tyron Crawford, Tyron Smith's the left tackle. But again, they lost. Uh, they lost their center. Uh, Travis Frederick retired. So there's a lot more movement on the not just the roster, but also the coaching staff for for uh, Dallas. I really like the Eagles' uh, situation this year, and you guys should go, should be going into it hot. So that's just my take on it. I loved your draft. I actually do love your draft. Stop thinking that stop being chicken little and thinking that the rain is you know the the sky is falling. You guys had a good draft. So Eagles fans, I love you. I loved your draft. I love your team. I'm not even an Eagles fan. I used to hate Eagles fans. I'll tell you this much. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at B-R-O-J-O. Death is in the end. Laugh, punch, like that thing you do to people you don't like. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I love the past. I love the people.